0: introduction volume one of bungay castle this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. dot org recording by patty cunningham bungay castle by elizabeth Bonhote, volume one introduction castle building appears to have been the passion of all ages while some have been raising their fabrics on the most solid and lasting foundations others have been forming them in the air where the structure has been erected with infinitely less trouble as their own invention led them to wish and very pleasant no doubt was the delusion of the moment it is now the prevailing taste to read wonderful tales of wonderful castles to recall them from the ages and represent them as the novelist finds most suitable to the circumstances of his tale in times like these every book that serves to amuse the mind and withdraw the attention from scenes of real distress without inflaming the passions or corrupting the heart must surely be as acceptable to the reader as it may have been found pleasant to the writer and should exempt the latter from the severity of criticism under the influence of this opinion the author of the following sheets has been tempted to send them into the world she might indeed to evade the danger of having her work condemned pretend to have found it in some recess of her favourite ruins or to have discovered it artfully concealed in the bottom of an old chest in so defaced and mutilated a condition as to have rendered it a very difficult and laborious task to collect the fragments and modernise the language but the writer of these pages has not been so fortunate and had she attempted to assert so marvellous a circumstance she could not have expected any miss of fifteen would have been credulous enough to believe her the thought of publishing a novel under the title given to these volumes has long been her intention a thought which originated from her living within the distance of twenty yards from those venerable ruins which still attract the attention of the stranger and the curious often in early youth she had climbed their loftiest summits and listened with pleased and captivated attention to the unaccountable tales related by the old and superstitious and considered as real by herself and her inexperienced companions in one place it was said the ghost of an ancient warrior clad in armor took his nightly round to reconnoitre scenes endeared by many a tender claim in another a lovely female form had been seen to glide along and was supposed to disappear on the very spot where it was imagined her lover had fallen a victim to the contentions of the times her face was like an april sky dimmed by a scattering cloud her clay-cold lily hand knee-high held up her sable shroud all these circumstances added strength to a romantic turn of mind which acquired additional force from a love of reading the old romances and this propensity for the marvellous was for some time indulged in the midst of scenes which afforded ample scope for the creative excursions of fancy after having left her parental dwelling many years she is again replaced in it by some of those changes which so frequently occur in the progress of human life and has purchased the little spot of ground on which stands the principal part of all that now remains of bungay castle and which though a mere heap of unconnected ruins are still so venerable as to excite in the feeling and thoughtful mind a sympathetic regret at the instability of human grandeur and the weakness of human strength among these ruins once the property and in all probability the temporary residence of the noble house of norfolk cottages are now built and inhabited by many poor families and those very walls which perhaps sheltered royalty are now the supporters of miserable hovels such are the awful effects of time and the unaccountable revolutions it produces but were it in the author's power as much as it is her inclination she would adorn their venerable remains with all the flowers of spring and the tempting treasures of autumn should surround them the jessamine and honeysuckle should clasp them in their embraces and the tendrils of the vine and the fig-tree should encircle and decorate them with their luscious sweets she would on the loftiest corner of their remains build herself a little hut in which she could sit and contemplate the variegated scenes around she would reverse the order of things and render them as lovely and beautiful in age as they were grand and magnificent before time had robbed them of those envied and valuable properties which it cannot restore being again in the habit of spending many leisure hours in this favourite spot endeared to her for bringing to remembrance the enlivening scenes of youth and having opportunities to pursue her sedentary amusements she determined to accomplish her design seeing no reason why bungay castle should not be as good a foundation for the structure of a novel as any other edifice within or without the kingdom but as so many ages are elapsed since this castle was reared and since time and death have swept away with ruthless hand almost every vestige of what it once was she has to lament and so perhaps may her readers that she was furnished for this employment with no other materials than the scanty portion her own imagination afforded she has borrowed some real names and she hopes the characters she has introduced will be found neither disgusting nor unnatural but as solomon so many centuries ago declared there was nothing new under the sun she cannot surely be condemned for not producing new characters nor blamed if any contained in this work resemble those of the present day and though in the reigns of our first sovereigns and many of their successors the customs and manners of the people were somewhat different she is convinced the world was in many instances just the same the same virtues vices and passions degraded or ennobled human nature and though delicacy sensibility and refinement might be less known and not so frequently mentioned they no doubt retained as proper and powerful an influence over the mind love too that invincible and all-subduing passion implanted in the heart of man from the beginning of the world was as generally known and acknowledged by the king and the peasant the hero and the coward this painfully leads to an observation which while it is humiliating has too much truth for its foundation to admit of dispute that though the same vices which disgrace the present times were practised in the earliest ages more pains were then taken to conceal them from public observation and the conduct of which the modern fine gentleman or avowed debauchee will now proudly boast would then have been considered as sufficient to stamp the character with indelible infamy by our unfashionable progenitors modesty was distinguished and admired as the most becoming ornament of woman adultery was punished and seduction held in contempt the artful betrayer of unsuspecting innocence was pointed at by the finger of derision and the victim of baseness compelled to conceal her shame either in the shades of retirement or the seclusion of a nunnery we may justly lament if we are not permitted to condemn that in this respect the present age is not quite so sensitive and may shed the tear of regret at being so often forced to look down with pity when we meet at almost every corner of our streets the unblushing front of degraded beauty and our ears are shocked with the execrations of profligacy from lips that in early life had been taught to speak a language as pure as their own uncontaminated hearts THE AUTHOR OF THESE PAGES HAS NOT ATTEMPTED TO ENTER ON THE POLITICS OF THE PAST OR PRESENT TIMES had she ever cherished such a design the sentiments of one of the first and most interesting writers this age has produced would instantly have determined her to decline her intention but she had ever thought that so heterogeneous a mixture was not likely to please the taste of many readers and that a novel was never intended as a vehicle for politics any farther than it was necessary for the elucidation of the story firmly attached to her king perfectly satisfied with our laws and constitution and grateful to heaven for being permitted to live under so mild and just a government in a country where freedom and plenty have hitherto taken their stations and shed their most benign influence she will ever remain contented to leave politics and the affairs of state to be settled by better wiser and more experienced heads gentle reader we will now enter upon a story of whose origin you are informed if any who sit down to read it with minds tortured by mental or bodily diseases should find a temporary relief from misery or languor the author will consider it as a luxuriant reward for her employment if on the contrary they should be disappointed or dissatisfied she sincerely wishes they may meet a more agreeable entertainment from the next publication thrown in their way To the reviewers she takes this opportunity of publicly making her acknowledgments for the liberality and candour they have invariably shown to her former publications, and though she has never had the satisfaction of being personally known to any one of them, she has for many years considered them as friends. End of introduction. Recording by Patty Cunningham.